You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I stood up here and I testified over a year ago of, of how... Um, of how the amount, the, the amount of seats filled determined the way I would preach to you, right? You, you remember I stood right here when the Lord dealt with that in me before I would come and preach to you. He dealt with that in me right then and there, and I'm, I'm glad to report that that has stuck. It's not changed. I, it, I don't care if this room is empty, if it's full, if it's standing room only, if there's two of you in it. I just don't care because the goodness of God is the goodness of God, and it's not determined by a number. Amen? Um, but I need you to understand something real quick that the Lord said this is important Um, and I'm telling you right now we're already off the rails I have no idea where we're going this morning sermon's out the window so we'll just see where we end up but uh, as we were worshiping what the Lord kept saying to me is that your praise to Him is mighty however you bring it you don't have to be the loudest in here. You don't have to have your arms the highest, jump the highest, dance the most. It doesn't matter. If it's the fullness of your heart, then it's the fullness of your heart. And what the Lord said this morning as He looked at you and you worshiped Him, He said, this worship is mighty. And what He showed me was He showed me an auditorium of thousands upon thousands of people. There are churches meeting all over the country. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful. I'm grateful, believe it or not, I'm grateful for mega churches. I'm grateful that there are thousands of people that are gathering in a building and maybe for the first time they're hearing the name of Jesus. And that will make sense a little bit more when I share my heart with you in a a few minutes. But I'm grateful for that. So this is not, this is not come from a place of, of comparison or measure. You hear what I'm saying? This is not a measurement statement. This is not a comparison statement. But the Lord showed me this auditorium of thousands, tens of thousands of people gathering and he's with them and he's pursuing them and he loves them but his focus was on you and he was saying that the genuineness of your praise this morning had captured his heart and he wasn't bragging about the stadium full of tens of thousands of people that are there in at church gathering his name he was bragging in heaven saying everybody look at sundown Look at the few people and listen to the roar that they make in the kingdom of heaven and throughout the universe. The roar that is coming from this little insignificant house, right? If we went to Houston, Texas and I met with a pastor, any one pastor, if I met with them and I told them how many people are on average, they would immediately think that I'm not good at my job, uh, that we probably do some weird stuff. I probably got pet snakes that I keep on stage or something weird like that. But it would immediately be compared because to have, a few, have few is to be less. But Jesus needed 12 and he changed the world. Amen? He needed 12. He didn't even need 12. He wanted 12. He made it work with 11. Right? He just needed that one to get him to where he needed, knew he needed to be at the end. But... Church, I just want you to hear this because I know that there's more freedom for you in this to understand that anytime you you worship God with the fullness of your heart whatever it looks like it is mighty to him 
And it echoes in the kingdom of heaven. It echoes throughout the stars and throughout the universe. It echoes this shout of power and praise. And it blesses his heart. Beyond anything he can, beyond anything that you can measure, how blessed he is because your praise to him is mighty. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? Your praise is mighty to him this morning. And he has been so touched and his attention is on you and on your heart this morning. You have blessed him. Coming from wherever you're coming from, the fact that you chose to be here and sing praises to his name, you have blessed his heart beyond anything you can understand or, or fathom. Amen? Amen? Well, Lord, we just love you and we thank you. Thank you for just showing us that you are blessed. You are blessed by what happens in this little church. It is such an honor to move your heart. You bring joy to our life, but to know that in this moment we've brought joy to you. What a gift. What a treasure. I just thank you for that reality this morning. We receive blessings from you each and every day. And each and every day we have an opportunity to bless you as well and I just thank you for sharing with us this morning the measure of how you have been blessed by our praise and we will not cease to give it we will bring you praise all the days of our life and as long as we bring you the fullness of our hearts it is mighty in that place. And it is a mighty offering of praise. You don't need the loudest voice. You don't need the longest arms. You don't need the most vibrant dancers. You just need a full and complete heart offered to you in praise. An entire and complete life given to you in this moment. And in that place, when we offer everything we are to you, it is a mighty shout of praise in the kingdom of heaven. And all of heaven hears it and feels it and joins in with us, Sundown Church, as we praise your name. So we just thank you. You are so good. You are so worthy. You are so kind so rich in love and mercy and goodness. And we just thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Melissa has taken Zach to the airport. She's spending some last, uh, last few moments with her husband before he has to go out of town for work again. Hopefully the last time he has to leave. Please pray for that. Please pray and declare that this is the last time Zach has to leave town. Um, it has been really, really hard for him and uh, 
and for his family, and there's just a lot going on. And I, I am, you know this, this is obvious, but I'm in ministry. Uh, I am your pastor. That is ministry. Yeah, I know, right? Shock, mind-blowing. Um, and I'm telling you right now, I would have been gone a long time ago if I didn't have Sarah standing next to me. A long time ago. Um, and to not have Zach right next to Melissa while she wages war against a, a kingdom that is seeking to destroy and consume our little ones, um, that's, that's tough. And to also have two seniors in high school um, going, you know, going through all the senior things, doing all the stuff that, that seniors do, getting ready to depart. Um, it's just a lot for, for that mom to carry on her own. Um, and there is just a, I, I know Zach, I've traveled the world with Zach. Uh, he's one of my dearest and best friends. And I'm telling you, I noticed the void in our community and in this area when he's not here with us. He brings such vibrancy of the kingdom, such, just such a, a beautiful image of who God is in his heart for people um, that you can physically feel the difference when he's not in our area. So um, just be praying that, that he gets to return to us swiftly. Amen? All right. Thank you all very much. But with that said, Hunter has the little kiddos. Most of them stay back because uh, the twins, uh, Megan and Mariah, they, they needed they well-deserved break. They competed yesterday in the powerlifting meet and just destroyed everybody. It was so fun to watch them just totally eat up the competition. Uh, Mariah, this is, that was her first meet, and she got first. She, I mean, she just destroyed everybody. Like she, No one thought that she was going to do as good as she did. She just went out there and she did her thing. This is Mariah or Megan's first time competing in anything ever. Senior year, what a time to start, right? And she's just, I mean, she's just chewing away at the competition. She, she had her first meet last week. She got seventh, and she was shooting for 12th. All right? Shooting for 12th, got seventh. And this week, she was just, you know, I'm just going to finish. I just want to get all my, le- I just want to finish. I just want to compete and, 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 and get a score that's turned in. And she ended up getting fourth. <laughs> okay, so these, and she's doing this. This has got to be incredibly frustrating for these co- other coaches because a lot of these girls have been doing this for four years. And this kid just comes off the couch and is like, you know what, I'm just going to beat all of you. I just decided, and now I'm going to do it. So uh, it's just really great. But with that said, they are very tired, uh, very exhausted. And so they are resting. And Monty Cruz uh, is, is back there with our kiddos and she, apparently she's just a whole lot of fun because they didn't want to come in here and ha- listen to anything I had to say. They just wanted to hang out with her. So that's where they're at. Uh, there's only one left in here, so she wants to go. That's where they're at. Um, or she, she likes me the most, obviously, and she wants to sit in here and listen, right? And I love it. Um, y'all ready? See where we end up? Okay, good. Um, Sitting, sitting in this study of who is Sundown Church and, and reflecting over the truth that has been revealed to this house over many, many years. Um, and again, this is truth that I was introduced to not in Sundown. A lot of this truth I was introduced to in, a, in Nacogdoches, Texas, while at college, um, 
through someone that, that was here when, when it was first being discovered and Randy was teaching these things. This was the first group uh, of, of young people that Randy taught. And it was uh, friends of, of, of Kate uh, and, you know, Kendall McDonald and all those people. And he taught these people all these things and it would end up transforming Kendall and Lindsay's life, his wife. And I would, Sarah and I would end up being impacted and he would teach us these things. And we never knew, I never imagined that I would one day come to the place where the Lord first revealed it and released it. And now to get to pastor here is, whew, it's a, it's a hev, uh, heavy and a great way, but it is an, uh, an honor that I feel the fullness of, right? Uh, because I have been affected by the world-changing revelation that the Lord has released to this house. Um, and so with that said, when I think about this and I think about just all the truth that I have, I have come to know to just be the basic truth of the gospel and the goodness of God and just things that I just can talk about in casual conversation with Jay or, or my wife or several people and we just talk about it and it's no big deal and we'll just start talking about it. And then I'm sitting there and I'm stopping and I'm thinking about, okay, now how do I talk to somebody that maybe has never heard this? And I'm like, oh, this is... This is a lot bigger than I thought it was. This is not just casual conversation. These are big, 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 profound teachings. And so I started to dissect and figure out how Parker should best, best teach this. And I, was, I had an idea at the beginning of the week of where we were going to go. Um, and I came to this point and just hit an absolute wall. And it was like, okay, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, well, we could talk about this, or we could talk about this, or we could talk about this. It was literally nothing. Like I came to this point, came to this scripture, and everything else was just gone. It was just my mind was empty, and uh, that's kind of happened throughout this week. And all that to say, I was focusing on the I was focusing in the wrong area because the Lord had already re- released some things to me, and He's been releasing this for several weeks. Um, and what I've realized too is that in teaching these foundational truths uh, that the Lord has released to this house, things that a lot of us have heard uh, many, many times, and some of us will hear for the first time, the Lord is trying to get me to understand that there is also a fresh perspective and a brand new teaching within old teachings. Does that make sense? There's brand new revelation within these things, and I need to sit in this. And so that's what I've been doing. Um, But what's been on my heart and just has been all over me for several years, and I, I cannot shake it. Um, I told you guys about this, and some of you have heard this, and some of you haven't. Sarah and I uh, had an anniversary several years ago, and we were in Houston because our anniversary is the 2nd of January, so we're always, we're, you know, it's around Christmas time, so wherever we are is kind of where we end up celebrating our anniversary. And we went to this brand new hotel in Houston. Uh, it's really, really nice, and we're really uncomfortably high up our room. Um, and I, I didn't like that part as much. Um, I like my feet as close to the ground as possible. Sometimes here, I'm like, oh, oh, three steps, too big. Um, but I'm staring out at I-10, one of the busiest highways in our nation. And it's 10, 11 o'clock at night, and there's just thousands of cars still just going by in just minutes. So many people. And the Lord introduced this thought to me, or just this, this running kind of conversation with Him and, and thinking and reflecting about this reality that some of those people know Him and some of those people don't. 
And in that moment where they drove across that window, they were in my story for just a second. And then just like that, they were gone again. Before I had a chance to share the goodness of Jesus, before I had a chance to learn their name, to hear their story, to, to, to know their parents' names, if they had brothers or sisters, to hear about the, the, the best day they've ever had, and to also hear about the worst day they've ever had. And this has continued to the point where sometimes I'm, I'm not overwhelmed in a negative way. I'm just so overwhelmed at the amount of people that possibly will never know him. And it just, it just, it gets a hold of me. It gets a hold of me. And, and the amount of people that I will never know. And I don't, this, this may be weird for you, but, and it's really weird for me, but I don't know why I just can't get over this. If, I, I, if I'm on social media and I just see a video, I can see, like we, we were watching a movie last night and I'm seeing these actors in the movie and I'm just realizing like, that's a real person that I will never know. I have, I have no idea their story. They're right there in front of me and I know nothing about this person and I never will. There is a college 40 minutes away from here full of kids, full of young adults with stories, dynamic and vibrant, complex, difficult stories. And we just don't know any of them. And then I started thinking about this reality of how easy it could have been for, to, for me to make one decision and not end up at SFA and not hear the revelation and the truth that came from this house by Kendall McDonald, who was my college pastor. I thought I made one choice differently. Like if I, if I had just chosen to do my homework in high school, I could have gotten into a, probably a much larger university. Yeah, right? It's a great thing. Procrastination really worked out. Okay? Okay? No, I wasn't good, but SFA, you only needed a 2.0 GPA, and I had that. I had that with flying colors, because I had a 2.1, suckers. Um, <laughs> so I was overqualified. Uh, no, it was bad. Uh, School was not my thing, and I'll tell you, it's still not my thing. Uh, it didn't get better in college. Um, I just found things that I liked, so I paid attention more. But say I do study, because I applied to other universities. I applied to OU. You guys knew this. I was an OU fan. Now, chill out. I was rooting for the Raiders when they beat them by one point, okay, 85-84. Some of you don't know that, and... You should feel bad about yourselves because this boomer sooner just educated you on what Red Raiders are doing. Okay, so that's a problem. Um, but no, I, I go for tech. I, I, I bleed it. You guys know this. This is West Texas is my home. It just took Sarah and I a long time to find our hometown. But we found it. Right? Okay? So we're all about it. But I applied at these schools. I applied to places like Clemson and all this stuff foolishly because I just thought, oh, they'll just all you got to do is turn in that sheet of paper. You'll get in. Um, <laughs> And I didn't get in-state tuition. I got out-of-state tuition, and I saw the price tag and realized I can't go to these places. Um, and then I went to, so I went to SFA. But all that to say, one decision. I made one decision. 
And I'm telling you right now, I could take you to the spot where I stepped out of my mom's car for my first visit to SFA. When I set foot on campus and I breathed that air in the first time and I knew in the depths of my soul that this is where I was supposed to be. But if I had ignored that, my life would not, I would not be here with you today. And all that to say that it came down, it, I, I can boil it down to, to one decision that would put me in a place where I would be able to hear about the goodness of God, His love for me, the revelation of who the Holy Spirit is and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, like what we talked about last week. This Holy Spirit that Jesus says in John 16, 5-7, through 7, He says, it is necessary for me to leave you. It will be to your advantage that I go away from you. Because if I go, I send you, I can send you. That's important. If He goes, I can send you. What does that imply? That if he stays, he can't. But if he leaves, he can send us who? The Holy Spirit. The Helper, he calls it. Who will not speak of his own accord, but will only speak what the Father reveals to him and will lead us into all truth, will lead us into righteousness, knows the heart of God and will interpret to us the things of God, that the very nature of God, that which we could not understand for ourselves, he will make it so that we can understand. If I had made that one decision, I would not have found myself before that truth and revelation that has transformed and changed my life, that I'm now a pastor. Church, I am a pastor because I stood before somebody filled with the Holy Spirit and He imparted the revelation and truth to me. And now, because of that, I have three little ones that will grow up and they will know the goodness of God. They will know the truth of God. They will know revelation. They will see it. They will see the, they, they will, they pray to God, but they will, they will see Jesus in me. I'm the first Jesus they'll ever know. Me and my wife, we are the first examples and glimpses to the heart of God that they will ever know. All because of one decision. And you've also I don't know how many decisions you've made, but we can probably boil it down to one. And you're here today in a place where you can receive the knowledge and revelation of who God is and the Holy Spirit and the the, the presence of God that is for you to partake in. And there are so many people out there that have made that decision and it's left them somewhere else where there are not before someone that knows the revelation and goodness of God, that walks with the Holy Spirit, that can impart these things to them. And the reason I say this, there are billions of people in this world. Billions. And how many of them know of the goodness of God and are filled with the presence of God right now? I don't know that number. I don't know that number, but I do know that we have the opportunity, to, the opportunity to be counted amongst those filled with the presence of God. And that is a miracle. I've just been blown away by the profoundness of that miracle. That the sacrifice of Jesus is not only for us as well. It was for us because you got to understand we're Gentiles in here. There's, 
We're not, we're not Jewish. We're not from the Jewish heritage. We, we, we're not of the tribe of Israel. We're the Gentiles. We're the ones that they would not associate with. And we are just as much a part of this family as those that have been born into it their entire existence. We are just as much a part of the tribe of Israel now because of the presence of God that fills us and dwells amongst us as those that have been a part of the tribe of Israel since the Lord said, these are my people. We have been brought into a family that we could not have earned our, a, a place in. We could not have, have, have navigated ourselves into this place. And so I've just been thinking about the, the profoundness of that miracle that we have been adopted, that we have been brought in. And that truth, that truth is for everybody. John 3.16, for God so loved the what? World. world. Not the few, the world. Everyone in it. And he wanted everyone to know of this goodness, to know of the freedom that comes from the sacrifice and blood of Jesus because he defeated the grave, that they could be connected to him again as Adam and Eve were at first in the garden, that they could dwell amongst his presence. There it would be as though he is walking next to you as he walked next to them in the garden. That's for every one of us. And the miracle is, is that we know that. We know that. How profound and how beautiful, how grand it is that we know that truth. We know that revelation and we have the opportunity to step into the fullness of that. And I'm telling you, it just, it just, it makes me not want to waste a single second that I have with the presence of God. Because there are so many that haven't had one second with him. And he loves them and he's pursuing them and he wants them. But what does he need? He needs those filled with it to live it out that it can one day get to them. Because I'm telling you right now, there are several of you in here that have been here for a really, really long time. You've been a part of this house. You've invested in it. You've received what the, what the Lord has spoken. You've lived it out. You've not just received it for yourselves, but you've lived it in your life. And because of that, Sarah and I are with you today. A people that you never knew. A pe uh, two people that you would have never known had it not been for your receiving the goodness of God and living it out in your life. Pursuing it and stepping into the fullness of who God has called you to be because you did that. This lost kid in Nacogdoches, Texas heard the good news and heard that this was for him as well. And got to step into it and now he's your pastor. Now his wife is going to open a daycare in our town. Church, that doesn't happen if we don't receive. And we have been given, and this is the important, we talk about receiving all the time, um, but I, I'm hoping that this morning we have a different perspective on receiving. Because what we are receiving, there are so many people in this world that don't even know they've been offered it. They don't know that that gift is for them as well because they've never heard about it. We've heard about it. Not only have we heard about it, but He has presented it to us. And that is the gift of His Spirit. That we can know His heart. Could you imagine this? I love going, I love going, to, I love going to dangerous and poor countries. I love it. 
I love going there not because it's comfortable, not because it's easy um, it, at all. I, I've, I have trauma from some of these places that I've been and some of the things that I've seen. Um, so it's, it's, not, it's not that it's easier, just a, a blast and it's just a vacation. That's not what it is at all. But what is so wonderful about it is that these people who have nothing, when you tell them about Jesus, it's as though you have given them the keys to everything. Because what you're telling them is that there is a way out of this circumstance that you yourself cannot escape. There is a hope and a future for you. And for so many people, sometimes it's the first time they've ever heard anything that positive spoken over them. We, you guys know about Kai and uh, just the stuff that we've been kind of navigating. And uh, just blessed to say we've been, we've, we've, the Lord has just put so many good people, good doctors uh, in our path that have just been really kind and, and, and loving towards our little boy. And, and as we're navigating this, one of the things that was so difficult for me was the insurance part. You all know this. Where it's something that we're forced to have, right? Uh, they expect their money on time every month, but they don't, they don't move with any urgency when it's time for them to, to honor their end of, of this, this contract that we have, right? I'll pay you, and then when I need you, you come help me, and then that time when I need you and you're supposed to come out and you're like, ah, no, I'm good. I don't want to, actually. Um, and so that's like our current model of insurance, right? It's really cool. Um, and in navigating this and in and knowing that our little boy needed an MRI and we don't know what's going on, and so we as parents, you know, you can really easily start to spiral to a dark place um, when you've got a question mark above your head for so long. And... Um, we're fighting with insurance to just get an MRI for our five-year-old little boy. Like, just imagine, like, I'm fighting with adults to care for my child. To just, would you just, would you just give two cents about his story and about the well-being of his life for just a moment? And that, that was the fight that we had to go through. And I remember feeling so trapped by a system that I could not escape. And I, the overwhelming reality of being in a system that I cannot change. What can I do? I said, well, we're not doing insurance. That's not, that, that's, not a good, that's not a good path. It doesn't make things easier. And so to just look and to know, I'm stuck in this lane no matter what, but this lane is not good. Now, imagine being born into that. Imagine being born into a place where the same water that you go to the bathroom in is the same water you cook with, the same water you drink, the same water you wash your clothes. And to, and to know that there is no way out of this. This is your life, period. There, there is, in India, there's an entire group of people for thousands of years, they have been known as the untouchables because they live in such poverty. That they actually have a name. They call them the untouchables because of the depth of poverty that they live in that they cannot escape. 
Imagine being stuck in that place. And it's not by any of our own doing that we can escape those things. But I'm telling you, when we were going through this process, I just, I just began to pray, okay, God, there's, you, you got to do it. I have no, there's, they're not listening to us, his parents. They think they know better. That was the frustrating thing. They didn't send us a thing like, no, we're not going to cover it. Uh, it's too much or... Uh, we think he needs to do something else or something like that. They just said, we don't believe it's medically necessary for a five-year-old that's getting migraines and vomiting uncontrollably. Eh, we don't think that's necessary. And that was the heartbreaking part, that my kid was just, a, just numbers on a sheet. It didn't make sense to give that number any finances because it, it messed with the, the bottom line down here. And so we were trapped. And so just began to seek the Lord. And I know Sarah did as well. We did this uh, a lot individually and just, just pursuing and seeking the Lord. And what did he do? He, 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 he created a way where there was no way. And now imagine you bring that truth and revelation to people who have been told for generations there is no way out. Church, there are so many people. Um, I mean, we were, we were in Kenya a couple years ago, and I remember driving across a bridge, and it was a river, a flowing river, and it was black, like ink, like oil, thick black, not like just dark. Like if you stuck your hand in it, you wouldn't see your hand anymore. Black, and you would come out, and it would be black, like oil. And that was their water. Now imagine going to these places and telling them about the freedom and goodness of God and Jesus that can provide a way where there is no way. They can bring a hope to hopeless places. They can bring joy where there has never been joy. They can bring truth, can bring revelation, can bring identity to tell them for the first time that you know you are, you are not what your circumstance has said about you. You are not what your society has said about you because of your circumstance. You are this. And how life-changing that is for those people. And this is knowledge and revelation that we have had, most of us, all of our lives. I grew up in church. I grew up in church, but it took me being really stupid as a young man and putting myself in really, really bad places to pay attention to what had always been there, freely given. Church, I, what's been on my heart this morning and what I hope that we understand is the miracle it is that you are here today. The miracle it is that you have been able to sit under teachings from people like Randy Winfrey who sought the Holy Spirit not to speak of his own accord but to speak of the Spirit's accord as the Spirit gives utterance. And the miracle it is that that was my teacher. That was, that's my mentor who would only speak to me based on what the Spirit of God gave him. That's, that's the only model I know about being a pastor because I've only ever worked closely with one. 
And he only spoke what the Spirit of God gave him the utterance to speak. And I've been reflecting over the last week or two about the, how miraculous that is. How blessed I am to have found myself in that place. And church, we have this gift that has been presented to us and we know it, it's common tongue to speak about the Holy Spirit. It's not a foreign thing. You can say the Holy Spirit here in Texas and everybody knows who you're talking about. Everybody knows. But it's time for us to receive Him, to pick Him up and live with Him. Because the miracle is, is that I live in a place where I know of Him and I've been offered Him and I can take Him up and walk with Him. The fact that you know the name of Jesus is a miracle. It's a beautiful and profound miracle that I pray we never take for granted. I know it's common tongue. It's a household name. It's not something that we're not used to hearing. But you get on a plane and you fly for a few hours and you will find yourself in a place where Jesus is not a name that they're familiar with. Just a couple hours on a plane and you can end up in a place where they, some people have never heard the name of Jesus. And we have the opportunity to live with him each and every day. Is that not worthy of praise? Oh my gosh, it is worthy of such praise. As I was just driving around this morning and, and seeking the Lord, uh, you know, picking up the donuts and uh, for the fellowship hour, there's another plug for that time. If you want donuts and kolaches, <laughs> show up 945, they're delicious. Um, But as I, I, I was processing and, and talking about stuff with the Lord, and all of a sudden my mind would just go blank. And I, what was I just talking about? What were we just thinking about? And this, I woke up at 6 a.m. this morning just to sit with the Lord and spend some time with Him just because I, I was not settled on, on this message. I just didn't, I felt like there was something more to this. Um, and so I'm just sitting at my kitchen table with the Lord and I'm just like, what is wrong with me? I can't, I can't grasp onto anything. Everything felt, you know how this week every morning has just been dense, dense fog? That's how it felt in my mind today. I just felt like I couldn't grab onto anything solid and hold onto it for any period of time. I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't get a hold of it. Um, and it was just so difficult and I realized that as, as we were worshiping uh, and as we were practicing, I felt the same way. I was just like, what am I doing? I don't even know how to play the drums anymore. But we got to a thousand hallelujahs. And the Lord just said, this is the answer. This is the answer. This is the answer. It's so oftentimes in those moments, what do we do? We, 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 we give the enemy credit for attacking us and we start to speak against that. And that's not always bad. But the Lord is like, don't give him any credit this morning. Just sing praise and there will be clarity. And I'm telling you, I, I've spent a week. I have three different sermons written for this one day. Didn't settle on any of them. He gave it to me right there as I was playing that song. That just for us to take a second and reflect at the reality and the beauty of this gift that we have been presented, which is the Holy Spirit. 
And the fact that with the Holy Spirit, I can have relationship, I can have communion, I can have dialogue, I can interact with the creator of the universe. And the miracle it is that I know that truth, that I exist in a place where that is freely talked about and readily available. How profound that is, that we exist. We say this all the time. We exist for such a time as this. We are here for such a time as this. But have you stopped to really think about the the fullness of what that means? That you have found yourself here by no accident. And it is indeed for such a time as this. The miracle it is that we know each other because of one decision. If we made one decision different, one decision different, all of us could not know any of us. I was sharing this with Elaine uh, the other day because Eden, last, uh, was it last Sunday? Two Sundays ago. Last Sunday? When she turned two? Last Sunday, thank you. I don't, I don't know what day it is. I'm lost. I, I'm telling you, it's been a crazy morning. Um, but I've got, my last baby is two years old. And that's a whole nother bag of emotions that I'm refusing to deal with right now. Um, all of you have seen all of my babies turn two. Isn't that crazy? The first time you met me, I was just some punk kid with this girlfriend that I was just towing along. I didn't, I wasn't leading her. I wasn't being intentional. I was just kind of like, yeah, you want to come on this trip to sundown? I don't know. That's my wife now. I figured it out. But because of one decision, every one of you have seen me become a father. Like I am deeply, deeply connected to you because of things like that. Every one of you saw me before I was a dad and you saw me after I became a dad. How beautiful is that? That you who were total strangers to me just 10 years ago are now my family. You know more about me oftentimes than my actual family. Because you're in this process here with me. How beautiful is that? That we have been able to know each other. And not just know each other, but to be united together by the Spirit of God. So my, the word that is heavy on my heart this morning, a good heavy, not a bad heavy, but I feel the full weight of it this morning, is that we would never forget the miracle it is to know Him to know His heart, to know that the Spirit of God is our helper that we get to live with each and every day. In in Corinthians it says, do you not know that your body is a temple for the presence of God? The miracle it is that we know that, that He calls this place, this fleshly body of mine, His temple, His dwelling place. That He desires to dwell in me, not dwell in some kingdom far off and away, but to dwell with me and in me. The miracle it is to know that truth. 
and to get to live it each and every day. And I pray that we would live it each and every day because I'm telling you, there's a kid at a university somewhere that is meant to pastor a church and to raise up world changers and generational leaders. And all he's waiting on is the revelation that has come from this house to reach him. And all it takes for that to happen is for you to receive the fullness of God, receive the Holy Spirit each and every day and step into it and live it like you've done all these years. And more and more people that we never would have known, that we don't even know now exist, that we could not even fathom their stories. We can't imagine their, uh, who, all the details of their life. But these people, because we say yes now, will be transformed forever because the God who can make a way where there is no way because it's an impossible thing. We are trapped. We are unable to reach every person on this earth right now. It is not within our ability. But He hasn't asked us to do that. He's asked us to live in the fullness of who He's called us to be now in sundown Texas. And then He'll reach them all the peoples of the world. He will reach them. Again, I've told you this. You impacted me, some punk kid in Nacogdoches, Texas, and now three kids will raise up knowing the goodness of God. They will know the fullness of God. They will know who they are called to be. They will walk with the Holy Spirit. And I've stepped in places where this church has built churches where people will come to know God, come to know the Holy Spirit, come to step into the fullness of who He's called them to be, and you will never see it with your own eyes. But I'm telling you it exists because I've been there. I've stood on the lakes of Lake Vic, uh, on the shore of Lake Victoria and I've watched a man who was a chief of a village who, who, who had, a, had a very little understanding of who God was. But the second he heard of the revelation of who the Lord is and how favored he is and how the Lord died for him and loves him and has given him access to the kingdom of heaven, he said, you will baptize me in these waters. You will not leave my village until you baptize me in these waters. I want that God. And now there's a fishing village on the shore of Lake Victoria that knows the goodness of God. Not because of any televangelist, not because of any program, not because of any VBS or any pamphlet, but because the people of Sundown Church live the fullness of God now in this place. And because you lived here and you stepped into the fullness of who God has called you to be, people over there know His name that you will never meet, you will never see. You'll never know their stories. But there's a God who does. And He used your obedience to reach them across the world. So I pray that it would not be lost on us the weight of what we stand in and the impact that we have on the world around us and the world that is not around us. When we say yes to it, it literally changes the world. An impossible task, but it's happened. I've seen it happen.